Welcome to JM Read Group's Fresh Insights Audio Learning. We hope you come with open ears and an open mind. Enjoy. All right, well, welcome. Today we have Matt Wolsey with us. Matt is a passionate about leadership. He's a leadership consultant and coach. And the topic we're going to talk about is empathy and exploring the empathy, which is a really popular term these days when it comes to leadership development. So to get started, Matt, how do you define empathy? Because that's mm. one of those words that we banter about, but we don't necessarily have a common definition. So how do you define the idea of somebody being empathetic or the word empathy? Uh, the word empathy, you can look at various sources. Daniel Goleman, I think, does a nice job in terms of, he says there's really three forms of empathy when you really break it down. There's what's called cognitive empathy, and that's the ability to think about another person's feelings. And so that's it. So you're thinking about feelings. Then there's the second dimension he calls emotional empathy. And that's where the amygdala, the, the hypothalamus, the hippocampus, the orbital frontal cortex are all engaged and it allows us to feel fast without really thinking. So I can have the ability to feel what you're feeling, where through time that we're together, our brain waves start to be in sync with each other. And I'm watching your body language, watching your eye contact, and I can just connect, just feel instantly. And that's when in those moments, you have to really think about yourself in terms of, let's say, John, you're telling me a story and I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm with you. When you say, I'm really sad and here's why I can actually, quote unquote, feel your pain or if you're really happy, right? So mm -hmm. in those moments, you also, you need to be mindful of what your feelings are and what their feelings are. So there's that. Okay. The third dimension is empathic concern. And that's where I get a sense connecting with you. I know what you need for me. And so when, I, when you look at it from those, yes. I like those. Yeah, I like those. Now there's some danger in all of this. Uh-oh. Yeah, and that <laughs> is, there are people who have the ability to think. So that very first one, cognitive empathy, where I can listen to you and I go, oh, okay. I see what John's, what he's feeling. Now I know where his vulnerabilities are. And there's this great YouTube by Dr. Kristen Neff. She go out there and just type in her name. She does this whole, she's a, she's a, I think she's Hindu and all this. She's a really out there thinking about things. But what she says is the human condition, we're wired to connect, but it's that moment if you're faking empathy and you use that to disadvantage others, that's where things can get messy. So, but that's how I define empathy is it's that ability to connect because we're just naturally conditioned since we're children. Right. So we are wired for it. Does it mean mm -hmm. she's wired to connect? You said since we're children. So there is a wiring where I mirror you or reciprocity or I can, you know, yeah. I, I, neurons. I, I begin to understand that you, uh, you're different than me, you have a different perspective than me. And so I, have the, the ability to think about how you might think. Um, but you, you went into this sort of, there's, there's a manipulative quality to it. So, so how prevalent is that? Or is that a real issue? Or is that, I mean, mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you feel about it? How do you feel about that in terms yeah, of- it, it's, it, is, it is a bit of a, wow, manipulation here. Here's, yeah. how, to, here's how I think about it, John. So, you know, you, you read up on the research or you see what leadership articles are out there and things like that. And one thing that we know in the work that we do working with leaders is that as they move up in their career, there oftentimes people can be described as John, does, he's not very empathetic or he, he's really disconnected. You know, those types right. of things will come through. And through when you think about that 
as people move through their careers, they have been harmed in some way or the other or have been manipulated themselves. And it's because of that, that defense mechanism will come into place. And then it's easier to, to find ourselves pulling away a bit. And that's the pitfall that leaders have to be careful of is when you let that go, when you let that empathy piece go away, then so many other things erode and fall away in the work that we're doing. Because we, all, we hear all the time, trust. If right. you want trust, if you want an environment where you want innovation and people to take risks and feel like they can raise their hand and not be you know, ridiculed or put down or whatever it is, that in those environments, that's where you see things flourish. You see growth flourish. You see relationships. You see happy teams. You see engagement go up. You read it all the time. So it's really the entryway to, love, to trust and compassion and love if you want to go even further. Um, so when, when I come back to that comment about manipulative, that's where, you know, if you want that trust, you really have to walk the talk. Okay. And so you're saying it's foundational. Why, yeah. why the sudden, I mean, I don't want to say it's a fad because you'll probably reach across the thing and choke me. <laughs> why, why, you know, I mean, the, theoretically, empathy has been around forever. But all yes. of a sudden in the business literature and the business writing, following fast on the heels of vulnerability is this idea of empathy. Why this? Why now? Any, any thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah. Fair question. It is. It's, all you have to do is just type empathy in Google and you'll have a million hits, right? Yeah. Right. It, is, it is something. What, so here's what, and I don't have exact studies, in, but we could just Google it here if we wanted to. <laughs> but we, we do know that when, so companies that are thriving now, and there's more research coming out is when that human element of leadership is in place. So we all know the, you know, the whole traditional heroic forms of leadership, right. saying all that, right? What's what I'm really enjoying now is reading all this research to show that when we have environments that are focused on people, that's when, you know, organizations are growing. And I'm happy to see that CEOs are no longer just held to the bottom line, rather they're held to what's happening in their organizations. How are they innovating? How are, because, right, innovation is the lifeblood of any organization now, more than ever, as things just keep exponentially moving forward. So this human connection piece, it's so critical. Now, now there's all this attention on it, like, what do you mean? And so you, you can, there's so many books out there, you know, lead from the heart, you know, lead with love, friendship yeah. and all that stuff. But what it's all getting down to is this, it's that human condition that you and I were social beings. So. so what I struggle with, I'm a contrarian, what I struggle with with this whole thing is, so help me unstruggle or tell me I'm right. Either way, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one of the struggle is, you know, I think we are social beings. I think we want a connection. And what I find, particularly first line leaders, so we're talking about different level of leadership, they are overly empathetic. They're overly don't want to hurt people's feelings. And, I, and that's not the word, that's not how you define empathy, but they're overly concerned about relationship and less concerned about accountability or getting things done or having honest conversations or, you know, having difficult conversations. They'll, they'll do anything to avoid that, that kind of a part of leadership. Yeah. They'll, they're more inclined to lean into being empathetic than they are to telling the truth about somebody to somebody about their performance. Uh -huh. Uh huh. So how do you, I mean, is the real problem they're not empathetic enough or is it they have difficulty time having honest conversations? Uh, so what, what, where do you see it? Is there um, any tension there, right? Yeah, there's some tension. So I'll tell you what, let me, let me answer it this way. 
empathy is a zero sum equation. Meaning? Meaning that I, we I can forgot. only give, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot what it means, zero sum, but go ahead, tell me what it yeah, means. Yeah, and I'll circle back to your, your question about why is it we can't hold people accountable. The, the thing is, empathy is a zero sum equation in, in that we can only give so much a day. So think right. of it this way, social workers, healthcare workers, uh, customer service, to your point, they're dealing with people all day long. And when you asked me earlier, is it a skill? Yes, we have, it's, it's, it's zero sum. We only have so much we can give. And so the challenge is, is, so for many people who are in those type of professions, for example, when they go home, how much do they have left, right? So at the end of the day, I hate that phrase, at the end of the day, okay. what you have to do is step back and say, where am I putting my efforts forward in terms of empathy? Because it requires time, you have to stop. So John, I have to stop, I have to look you in the eye, I've got to put down my phone, I really have to focus on you if I want to be empathetic, because I want you to, to feel like, yep, I'm listening to you. So. To do that, it takes time and it takes focus away from whatever else it is that you're doing. So you can imagine if you're doing that all day long, you're not going to have time to do anything else. And by the time you get home, what empathy do I give my family? I'm done. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. So you're, you're suggesting that, yes, they are empathetic and that's crowding out their ability to have these other more difficult conversations. Yeah. Cognitive tasks, because that's also a cognitive task and that's, that's a zero sum game as well. You can only do so many of those in a day. Right. There's, so there's that at play. There's that humanism. Then yep. there's the other piece that says, okay, I've got these people who trust me and I trust them. And so I'm going to do everything to make sure those relationships are preserved. But, you know, for other people who are outside their circle, they might be more willing to speak up. But that's to get back to your earlier question. Why is it that people are, are not willing to sometimes confront bad behavior, if you will, it's because they, they've, they've got the trust already there. Let's just keep it, not rock the boat, because I don't have all day to be empathetic, if you will. Right. Can, um, I have two questions now that come to mind. You know, one is I think people would assume that certain personality types, certain communication styles, certain whatever you want to call it, can be more empathetic, right? Somebody who's mm -hmm. amiable is going to be naturally more empathetic than somebody who's driving. But I don't, I don't know if I agree to that, but it looks, it looks, you know, on its face, it looks like, well, that's obvious, but I'm not sure of that. The other thing is, you know, could I take empathy from somebody who really has no idea what my life is like, what I'm going through? I mean, is there, there's risk with empathy that when you give it, the other person thinks, what are you talking about? Whether they trust you or not, they still might say, you have no idea. I mean, you don't know what it's like to be me in this scenario. I, I appreciate mm -hmm. the fact that you are trying, maybe, but you have no idea. So that's two questions in one. So the first one, is there certain styles you think that are more empathetic, or is it anybody can be empathetic? What's, what's your take on that? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's very dangerous to do a, you know, to do a broad stroke of yep. this does and that does it, right? When, you, when, you, when we realize that it's a skill, then anybody can do it. Right. Now, I think what you're saying, right, is like you've got that, that driver. They could come yep. across as bossy. Yep. I'll tell you, but I worked for a hardcore driver back in my consulting days at the firm, and she, she was hardcore, you know. However, she could turn it off. She would put down her computer, shut the door, and say, okay, Matt, and she'd grab her pen, and she would, I knew at that moment I had her, and it was truly empathy. Okay. Now, so yes, you can turn it off and on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
and I would say, and I would say, and of course, naturally, the, those who, let's say, are on more of the social side of a dimension, you take any model, the disc or social styles, what have you, the amiables, for example, or the influencers, those individuals naturally have this ability to just connect with people first, then business. Right. So therein lies the answer that anyone could do it. It's just, what's the context? Where yep. are we now? And what do I need? What do I so need from... So I think the risk of empathy and the second part of my question was, you know, me being empathetic to someone risk, risk, risk demonstrating empathy when I really have no idea. Yes. But going through this sort of skill that I learned that, you know, when, when confronted say to the other person, geez, that must be difficult. Uh, I, I know how you feel. I, I you know, mm. tell me more. I mean, I could, you can go through that, but the other person might think you have no idea what you're, what I'm talking about. Right. But how, how do you, because I mean that's that's another risk, right? That it's it's not mm -hmm. it's not false. It's well intentioned empathy, but for the person receiving, it's more about you doing it than the other person really taking it in as something that's genuine or that's going to have impact on it. How do you mm -hmm. how do you think about that? The tough one. I'm I'm going to answer it with. There's a, a really great YouTube out there by Brene Brown. And it's only, maybe, I can't, you can't do one of these interviews, right, without Brene Brown being brought into this, <laughs> their research. God, for, God forbid. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, she's got this really nice empathy YouTube. It's maybe five minutes long, if that. She breaks it down to the very core. And she says that where things get convoluted is when someone thinks they're being empathetic, but actually they're sympathizing. Yeah. And sympathizing is putting a silver lining around things. So she gives this example, like, so John, let's say you come to me and you say, oh, you know, my son, he's a high school dropout. He's mixing with the wrong crowd. And I come back and say, but John, look at your other, look at your daughter. She's off to college. She's doing great. So that does absolutely nothing for you, right? right. And it's, it's trying to connect, but it's not. It's doing something. So ultimately, and Bernie, because she does all this research on shame and fear and all those things, when someone, if I trust you, John, all I need for you to say is I'm here. And, and for you to say to me, wow, th thank you for feeling like you could come no. to me and feel safe. And I appreciate that. I feel honored. But if I, if I say to you, wow, that's, kinda really, that's really got to be hard, you know, to have a teenage son like that. That's got to be tough. Th that's not, is that empathy or is that sympathy? Because that to me is sympathy. I'm sympathizing with the, fight, the idea that you have this kid. But I'm not feeling it as you i'm not saying wow um if i was going through that i'd feel the same way or i'm not i'm not layering myself in there that that's where it gets kind of tricky it's always gotten tricky for me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so if, if i say to you hey that's got to be really hard i understand i mean i i can see you're in pain is that's not is that empathy or in your mind or is that not empathy in my mind it tells me that you're paying attention to me and you're not giving okay. me advice and I think that's the line. Now, if I, if I trust you because the empathy is strong, I may ask you then, so, so John, man, I mean, I just painted this picture for you and I'm really struggling. What do you think? Right. Yeah, what I, what I um, I'm a, as you know, man, I'm a cancer survivor. And when I was going through cancer, some people would be like, you know, geez, I, I know how you feel. And I'd be like, you have no idea how I feel. Like, they're like, my mother had cancer. Well, not my mother, but my best friend's mother had cancer. I'm like, well, you know, mm -hmm. okay, but how old were you? And you're not me, a father of four. And you're not, you know, I mean, you don't know what it's like. No, so I don't. Don't, don't. Don't tell me you know what it's like. Just tell me, wow, it's got to suck. That would be nice. Yeah. And how are you doing and how you feeling? And, and That's you know, empathy. Yeah, that part's empathy. That, 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 that I liked. I never liked the... 
because I think there's a tendency sometimes to put ourselves in the narrative. Yes. You know, because we're egocentric. Yes. It's like, Matt, you're going through that. Wow, you know, I've gone through something similar. And now, what's yeah. up? How did I get in this story? <laughs> you, just, you just diminished me. Yeah. I just I just wrote myself as a character now in your story. Yes, <laughs> that's sort of why. <laughs> what? What? You, but I, I think that's when it gets it. It starts to border on minimizing it. It starts to border on a, a true lack of uh, respect for the other person and what they're going through. Yes. You know, when, when you do that kind of thing. All right. So there's a great HBR article about too much empathy. That people can't do. So, if you, if you are you familiar with that article and sort of the risk of somebody being just overly empathetic? Yes. Mm-hmm. So what do you What do you see as those risks for people listening in? If somebody's too empathetic, as well, a, as, a lead, as a leader, we'll talk about. Yeah. Well, as a leader, if you're you're too empathetic, it'll cloud your thinking. It clouds your. It goes. It really, I think, ties back to what you were talking about earlier too. Is it? It will hold us back from giving real feedback, having honest conversations. Um, too too much empathy, it can cloud your just your judgment. Yep. There's a, a there's a great thing, and I, I don't know at the end if you're going to ask me some tips and tricks on what on how to you know. I will because yeah. that's the question I did not ask earlier. That somebody said you should be asking this question. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned the tips or tips trips. Well, tips or tricks, techniques, whatever they are. Question. Go ahead. What yeah. You're saying, go ahead. What what? Cloud well, your yeah. thing. It's it's yes. Is that. When, when we're too empathetic, um, we're not able to step back and objectively look at what it is that we're supposed to be doing as well. Because ultimately, we still have roles to play. It's, but I, I don't know that I've heard of too many leaders being overly empathetic. If anything, it's the contrary to that. So uh, I, th- I think that's what it is. It muddles relationships. Okay. And there is, um, I, I'm just curious, are we, are we empathy-seeking machines? Do we seek empathy? I, I don't know that we are. Or not. Huh? Yeah, are we? Are we? Right. Yeah, I mean, so John, think of it this way. Like, <laughs> when, you, when you look at a parent, their brand new parents, their little baby starts crying. What do they do? They just naturally grab the baby. They just want to console and hug and love, right? Right. And as, as young creatures, that's, the, that's how we, most of us, begin our lives. And then you transfer that to the workplace. And so we're at work, and in walks a colleague of ours with a brand new baby. What do all of us humans do in the room? All our eyes go towards the baby. Right, right, right. We're focused. So to answer your question, yes, unfortunately, or some we we start to tamp it down because of have been having bad relationships in the past and out of protection for ourselves. Okay, so we 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 put up our armor, we put up our thing, and yeah. and, and so again, when somebody reaches to us for empathy, that's a powerful thing because they're letting that that shield down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I don't, yeah, if I'm, if I'm too, if I'm too vulnerable, that's also a dangerous thing, right? If, if you're the leader and you're way too vulnerable, yeah, you know, then that sets you up. So it is a balancing act. So. Yeah. And so uh, tips or tricks, tips or technique, you brought it up. So what, <laughs> what are some tips for people who, you know, want to be more empathetic? They want to, they want to build this capability within themselves. Mm. First things first, you know what? I, my phone's in the other room. Put that phone down. Turn it off. Okay. Put it down. <laughs> I thought you were, well, you're a good actor. I thought, oh my God, his phone's in the other room. He's got it, he's got it on his phone. Okay. Right. You first put the, be present. I mean, come on. That, that piece of technology has completely distracted us and has created such this largess of space between us and others and making that human connection. So that's the first one. It's easy. Right. Now, this, the second one is eye contact. You have to stop 
you have to look at the person, really be in the moment. We hear that phrase, be in the moment. Absolutely true. We've got to do that. Look at them and listen with intent and curiosity. And so turn off any forms of judgment you have in your head. And as someone asks, or says, says things, ask questions out of curiosity and be in that place. Um, invite other people who are, make yourself vulnerable, I guess is what I'm going to say is, ask for feedback from your peers, from people who report to you, from your boss. And if that, if you have a hard time getting pe people from underneath you, giving you feedback, find a way to get that to you. Whether okay. it's partner up with someone, hey John, would you go out and interview my team? I really want to understand how my leadership style is coming across, that sort of okay. thing. Nice. But, you know, invite other people into it. The other thing <clears throat> is you have to do a self inventory of yourself. So are you walking the walk? Are you asking for privileges? So I have to ask, bring this up because as people move up, it's easy. Oh, come on, John, I'm a manager. Can you, can you squeak me in? Can you get me a little extra, you know? So do you ask for privileges? Are you, are you able to, when you go home, and this goes to my comment earlier, are you able to go home and have a network of family and friends who support you of who you genuinely and truly are of yourself? Do you, have, do you need an executive coach, someone to help you think, get out of your environment and think about who you're being and how you show up at work and with others? Do you keep small promises? That's oh. another big one. Yeah. You know? How about how 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 do you make decisions? Do you do it in isolation or do you invite others in? And do your decisions align with your values? And that's that's a big one. Yep. And well, admit mistakes. Do you if you make a mistake, oh, no. do you admit it? Put that out there. That's that's the thing. And then you know, are you the same person at home, at work, with your family? And are you the same person when you're in the spotlight? Because if you're a leader, of course you have to be in the spotlight. Do you bring others with you into the spotlight to share that spotlight? All those things you keep asking yourself. And then finally, my last tip is to take a break from people. Take a break. You have to recharge. So you know, find a place, you know, whether it's meditation, whether it's journaling, maybe it's, you know, working out, whatever it is, just disconnect for a bit so you can have your reserves filled back up. Remember that sum zero equation that I talked about. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to joke that, you know, nurses go home and kick their dogs because <laughs> empathy is a cognitive, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. you laughed at that. People usually don't, but like, ouch, that's not, <laughs> but well, it's but, true. Yeah, it's not, uh, and, um, and I, I like the idea too. Um, it's got to be genuine, right? Because eventually people see through. Yes. You're not that, you're not that clever that you I always ask leaders, um, do you know when you're being manipulated? And most people say yes, that they feel they know. And then I ask, but you think you're going to manipulate people into believing you're empathetic. I had a boss once who they sent him to charm school. Uh, that's what we called <laughs> it. But they sent him to like, how to be a human school. And yeah. he came back and he called the two lieutenants in of which I was one. And after the meeting where he, he put the whole team in, and he said, you know, look, I've, I've been away and I've gotten my head clear and I want to be a great leader and I care about your feedback and, you know, all the things you just said, I'm going to deliver on my small promises and I'm going to really have balance and uh, just, you know, give me feedback. I need it to grow. I need it to be better. And they all left. And then he said to me and the other guy, he said, you know what I learned uh, in, this, in the thing I went to? And I'm like, what'd you learn? He said, I learned you don't really have to change. You just have to convince people you have. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, mm. there you go. That's so, so he was using empathy as a technique to advance his career. Yep. 
and to save his job, but he wasn't using empathy. You know, his intent wasn't to get to know people better, to become a better human himself, to make better, deeper connections, to increase employee engagement. It mm-hmm. was all sort of a survival technique that he thought he had to put a show on. Yeah. He was gone in a year because it doesn't work. No, no. You, you, you and I talked a lot. We talk a lot about trust, right? With whoever our clients are. There's a model by Frances Frey. She's at Harvard. And she talks about trust has three different dimensions to it. The first one is authenticity. If, well, no, actually, she, I think the first one she said is rigorous logic, that if your logic is solid, and it's rigorous, and you're smart, and you know what you're talking about, people connect. She's like, now, if your logic is a little shaky, it can't help you there, but... <laughs> So you got to have that. The second one is authenticity because what you just said in a nanosecond, I can tell if you're being real or not, if you're the real deal. And here's how, and here's how people can detect that you aren't often people who are not in the in crowd, right? If you send some sort of a message that I'm not in the in crowd, your authenticity shot. I won't, I won't connect with you. And then the third, third one is the empathy. And she, she even calls it, well, what she says is it's empathy that's directed at you. So it's fully me and John. I'm connecting with you. It's direct. It's not. Okay. It's not about me. Yeah, the authenticity yeah. thing. Funny. It's a story for another day. But there was a gentleman we both knew back in the day at one of our clients, and he was only interested in networking with those people who he thought could help him. And if he saw us, he saw me once, and he thought I was somebody important to him. And so he kind of lit up. And then as he got closer, he realized I wasn't. And while he's shaking my hand. He's looking beyond me. Yes, yes. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so poorly done. <laughs> you inst- right, you instantly know what their agenda is. Yeah, your agenda is so obvious. And I think you think that you're fooling people with this agenda. But it, it was kind of well known within the firm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's, that's his reputation. That's who he is. Looking and, at I, and, I'm sure, and I'm sure he thought, oh, people love me. I care about people. I you know, shake their hands. I say hi to everybody. That's, you know. I'm sure his own narrative was not consistent to what he's actually doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I get smarter. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to be more empathetic, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's like, well, it's a thing you have to work on, right? It's not something you can say, okay, empathy, check that box. I'm done. I don't have to worry about being empathetic anymore. Right. Because at your point, the cognitive load, the stress, the other things that cr- can crowd out, empathy can get crowded out if you don't pay attention to it. For sure. You know, maybe a, a, a takeaway or something for the listeners to be thinking about. You and I, our good friend, Allah Hunkins, recently wrote a book, you know, Cracking the Leadership Code. Yep. And he's, he's got a section in there dedicated to empathy. And when he, when he writes this, he said, okay, it takes time. Sure. It might take five, 10 minutes for you to maybe 15. Yep. But what's the downside of you not doing that? Yeah. The payoff is so huge. Yes. It is not that much time. Yeah, it really slow it isn't. It's it slow down, eye contact, be present, be a human. Yeah. All that good stuff. Well, yeah. thank you. And uh, look, forward to, look forward to talking to you in the future. Take care. All man. right. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Fresh Insights Audio. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, go to www.jmreadgroup.com. 